Welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Sam Hageli. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with Colorado School of the Mines cross country and track and field runner, Dylan Powell. Dylan, we appreciate the time this evening. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So to start this episode, you know, you capped off a dominant undefeated season. You took home the 2022 Division II Cross Country National Championship in early December. So only a couple of weeks ago, you ran the 10K course in 29-28. Are you still coming down from that high of, you know, finally getting that national championship? Um, yeah, it's starting to, uh, starting to get back towards, uh, to real life. So finals week is definitely a big hit. Um, had to, had to buckle down, get back in the books for a little bit. Um, but then after that, it definitely, um, after finishing finals, I was able to kind of like let it sink in a little bit. And, um, yeah, it was just a really great experience. Uh, great for the team. Great for, to see all the development that all the guys made, all the gals made. So yeah, kind of, kind of leveling out after that. Yeah. Give me a time frame. How many days did it take you to like finally cool down? And it's like, okay, back to business. It's funny. So the race was early Friday morning. So Friday, Friday afternoon and evening was definitely a pretty wild, but um, Saturday we traveled back or actually no Saturday. We were still in Seattle and then Sunday we traveled back and then we got home and, and just kind of walking through my door and just like, cause I remember specifically when I left, I was like, when you come back, we'll have a national title as a team. And um, I, I mean, the big goal going into the weekend was the team title. You know, I'm, the individual title is great, but the team title was the real uh, the real objective. And, and just coming back through the door and remembering, like making that intention, that was like, oof, like, and just kind of internalizing it. That was, that, was the, that was the best moment, honestly, for it. Right. For you, when you come through these long runs, for instance, like the 10K and you're, and you're finished, how worn out are you, you know, after you're finished, like how long does it take you to finally catch your breath and like, and uh, you, you start to feel comfortable on that same day? Uh, it definitely takes a while. Cause I mean, you put your, you put your heart and your soul into that whole race. So, I mean, definitely like a couple, couple hours before it's like the, the adrenaline and the cortisol is all kind of tapered out and um, everything's, everything's kind of like settling down a little bit. Um, but I mean, in that race, what was amazing was just turning around and I mean, just like catching my breath a little bit, turning around and then seeing my roommate coming in third, you know, um, Duncan, Duncan got third at that race and just seeing like turning around and getting that, that was like almost another burst of adrenaline there. It was just like, wow, that's my roommate. He just got third. That's incredible. Now you were also in the uh, NCAA cross country championships last year and you led most of the race before you had to exit due to heat exhaustion, you know, walk us through that experience for those who really didn't get to see, see that and just didn't get to uh, know that that's what you experienced. Yeah, that was definitely um, kind of a polar opposite experience to this year, you know? So going through the race, I mean, we went out real hard. That race is pretty, that, that course is pretty hilly for cross country. Um, you know, there's like, you start with a big hill, come down it, and then you do some loops and then you do the hill again, come do some loops and then do it a third time. 
So through the course of that race, I was with um, guy Ezra Mutai for a while, and we were just kind of kind of throwing punches back and forth and pushing the pace and going real hard. And then at about 5K, I kind of opened up a small gap on him and it widened it out until about eight, about 7K. And then I just honest, I just kind of, I don't remember it very well, but it was just like, kind of just like a fog descending. And um, yeah, I mean, it was a humid day. It was about 80 degrees or so. And um, I just wasn't, I wasn't acclimated to that. You know, 80 degrees in Colorado is very different than 80 degrees in Florida. So um, <laughs> I just wasn't prepared for that level of, um, of how hot that was going to be and how little my body could cool itself down. So I just kind of pushed myself, pushed myself to the limit. And then, yeah, I just remember, I remember watching the video and then that kind of jogged my memory a little bit. Like I remember specifically like my low back muscles just gave out and I just kind of went, whoop, just face planted and then tried to get back up. And then I don't remember from the first fall to waking up in the ice tub. I don't remember anything. <laughs> so that was, um, that was a scary experience. I'm, I'm glad that uh, the people there helped me out. Um, but yeah, it was just, yeah, I just was not prepared for how hot it was going to be. Was that the first time you ever experienced heat exhaustion during a race? Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I'd never, I don't think I'd ever not finished a race before that one. I mean, I'd done some pacing, uh, for some guys, that's the only other thing I could think of, but that's the only time I think in all of high school and all my racing collegiately that I had DNF'd because of like a environmental factor. So yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we, we take it for granted how dry Colorado is and how easy it is to dump heat when you can just sweat and it ev instantly evaporates. But, um, yeah, that was definitely a humbling experience. <laughs> Do you think that moment has changed you as a runner? Definitely. Definitely. Um, it was, it's definitely something looming over me for the past more than a year. I mean, that race, I think was on November 20th of 2021. So, I mean, it was, it was more than a year until this nationals. And, um, that was really the big, the big, um, driving force for this whole season for cross country was kind of redeeming ourselves for that team because I did not only did I DNF that race because of heat exhaustion, but Duncan, my roommate and the guy who got third this year did as well. So both of us were kind of had that little, little fire in us that from that heat exhaustion. So that definitely brought some drive to this season. And um, it made me, made me more motivated to prepare well, understand the conditions, you know, you can't just go into a race and expect to win just because you have the fitness, you have to play it smart. You have to play it tactically. Um, so yeah, definitely developed my, um, the tactical side of my running. So does knowing the climate that you're in help prepare you to not experience heat exhaustion? I think what, it, what's, what's crucial is, um, using the environmental considerations to determine pace. So I had, um, like my main strategy, that whole cross country season had just been like, go from the gun, kind of break the field, like, um, so I had done that in uh, our conference race. I did that in our regional race. And then I was like, okay, surely this will work in our net in the national race, you know? And I was a little bit naive at that time. And just, uh, and the guy who won Isaac Harding last year, he was just way more savvy as a racer, you know? And he was like, this is a hard course. Like there's lots of Hills. This is a, it's going to be like a grinder and you're going to have to like wait till the end to make a move. So, you know, it's not going to change how hot it's going to be if you know how hot it is using that as a consideration of how fast you want to go out and how you want to play the race out uh, was important. I mean, also one of the things is uh, 
I should have done more heat training last year. I did a lot of heat training this year, actually, um, just like in the sauna, like um, just because there's a lot of benefits with that, not just for heat training, but that was something that I kind of changed about my training for that. Now you won the national championship last spring in the 10,000 meters. And how was that experience like? And was it a little special because that was the program's first national championship in outdoor track and field since 2018? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely a great experience. I mean, it was a good race. And I think that's, that's a race where you can tell I had learned from my experience in Florida where the race went off and we were kind of packed up for about two laps. And then one guy kind of took it out. I think his name was Ty Smith and he like got a big gap on the field and me from the fall, me from cross country would have been like, Oh gosh, like panic, like get up to him. You have to be with him. But me having learned my lessons from cross country and having uh, evolved as a racer was like, okay, it's fine. We got 20 plus laps to go. We're going to stay calm. We're going to reel them in. So that was, that was really, uh, that I think was a good demonstration of my evolution as an athlete. And, um, yeah, it was great to get a national title for the program. Um, I actually, funnily enough, I saw the guy in 2018. It was, I think it was Jake Pinkston who won the pole vault. And I saw him in Chick-fil-A today because he's still in the golden area. So that was kind of, that was fun. Now you redshirted in 2019. What led to that decision and how much do you think you've benefited from that? Yeah, um, I think it, I think it was a huge benefit. Um, our, our coach, he almost never on red shirts um, guys for cross country, sometimes do it for some gals just because um, they usually develop a little bit faster than us, but especially from high school, I mean, you're running five K's for cross country, moving up to eight K and 10 K is just a big step. Uh, and that requires a lot of distance, a lot of accumulation of um, miles on the legs. And most guys just aren't ready for that jump um, straight out of high school. So I think it was great to just allow me to like get more into the college routine, kind of figure out, what I needed to do from school perspective and um, have a little bit less emphasis on running for that first semester. Um, so I think our, our coach, Chris was just really smart in doing that is really smart in doing that with most of the uh, freshmen. Your hometown is Colorado Springs. You know, obviously you're competing at the Colorado school of the mines. Did you always like want to compete collegiately in your own home state or did that just like fall into place where you just so happened to compete? like close to home? Uh, I'd say it's more, um, it's more the latter where it just kind of, it ended up, I mean, I love Colorado and I mostly looked at Colorado schools um, just because of that. The in-state tuitions, in-state tuitions pretty nice. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I love the state. So it was, and there's great schools. So, I mean, I looked at CSU Fort Collins. I looked at CU Boulder. I looked at mines and yeah, just from a financial standpoint, they were much, I mean, they're much more, they're much easier to, to meet, make those ends meet uh, in state. So a little bit of falling into it, a little bit of uh, I really like the state. So, Yo, there are many events coming up in the world of sports. It'd be great to be in attendance for such. Where can we get tickets? SeatGeek. You see, SeatGeek is an app that can help you find the best seats with the best deals. SeatGeek shows you different tickets available with green being the best deals and red not being the hot deals. The best part is it shows you where you'll be sitting at the event. If you use the code SPORTSMECCA, you could get $20 off your first purchase. Get your seat at SeatGeek today. 
So every four years, the NCAA has a fall festival for uh, all D2 fall sports. That means the season lasts two weeks longer as all the fall sports are all uh, placed into one city to, for their national championships. Uh, what's it like physically going through a season that is two weeks longer than normal? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a grind. We knew from, I mean, we had talked about it in June, you know, this is going to be a long season. So it required a lot of patience, you know, um, not pushing workouts too hard too soon, uh, knowing that, you know, the best way to make it to the national meet to toe the line with the uh, the best fitness was to ensure that we didn't get injured. We didn't overdo it early. So, you know, July, we kind of took it a little bit slower than we normally do, August even a little bit, and then really ramping it up in September, October. Yeah, and just having to keep that focus for, I mean, two weeks in the grand scheme of things isn't that long, but I mean, it is tough, especially when you're getting close to finals and you're going, you know, you're getting, you're going to Thanksgiving break and you still have another week or two or week, yeah, another week till nationals. So yeah, it was definitely required some more mental focus. Is the training structure different this year than it was last year? It's pretty similar. I mean, pretty similar workouts and stuff. I, I would say we started a little bit later than than last year like we were really doing fast track stuff even in um early august last year versus like this year we didn't really do fast like in spike track stuff till late august slash september so yeah it was just almost like shifting it back a little bit you know mm -hmm. mostly the same work but yeah just a little bit time delayed so you you won the individual title but most importantly you're able to lead the, your team to the national title uh take me through that race a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely, it was a great team effort. I mean, we got seven guys in the top 30. That was pretty amazing. Like all our guys had great races, which is just, I mean, it's, that almost never happens. I mean, when you have seven guys, the odds that every single one is going to perform like to the level of their fitness or even beyond is pretty slim. And the fact that we all did, I think just shows how determined and committed all the guys were, which is just, it's really, really comforting to see and, and really, is like a big payoff in terms of the race it was definitely cold i remember the first k i i talked to my coach after after the race we were just kind of debriefing and talking about it and he was like you look really cold for that first 2k or so and i was like yeah i probably could have used some gloves or some arm sleeves but it's okay because it was it was i mean obviously seattle in december is going to be pretty chilly but it was even more so there was snow on the ground um the sun was pretty obscured by clouds it's probably like 28 maybe to 34 throughout the course of the race so pretty chilly but yeah just kind of got out well um got into a like a solid group of like four guys or so and kind of just turned up the pace stay patient um like i said that's just been that's been key for me you know just staying calm staying relaxed and then um you know kind of listening to my competitors and like hearing how their breathing is how their foot striking is and kind of gauging off that when the effort was right to go and for me it was like about five and a half k so a little past halfway um i kind of noticed that the two guys i was with were were kind of dropping off a little bit and so that was the point where i was like okay let's go um and kind of put a surge in and then just kept it up and then ended up winning by quite a bit so so living in altitude how much of an edge do you feel like you have every time you go to sea level like a place like seattle I definitely think it's uh it's definitely beneficial for training. I mean, just looking at some of the some of the studies, and I mean, every single 
almost every single professional group trains at altitude, at least for part of their season, you know, whether it's Park City or Boulder or E10 Kenya, you know, it just, it really helps develop the the red blood cells. You know, I think it's definitely beneficial. What What is interesting is some guys who are really great at altitude aren't, can't necessarily translate that fitness to sea level. So it's, it's kind of interesting. We have a couple guys on our team who are really good at altitude and then they're still good at sea level, but like not at the same level. Um, and then we have a couple other guys on our team who are from sea level who came up to altitude, who don't perform as well as out, at altitude. But then when we go down to sea level, they, they rock, they crush it, you know? So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting to see that it definitely, it definitely is beneficial, but it has different benefits for different people. In your opinion, what's the best place to train at in uh, Colorado? Oof, that's a tough one. I love Colorado Springs. I think Colorado Springs is just so great for running. I mean, it's got dirt. It's got dirt trails throughout the whole city. It's got really amazing places to, to long run. My, one of my favorite things to do is uh, I do a long run where I start in kind of northern Colorado Springs and then run basically to Palmer Lake, um, which is like... 17 miles and it's all gradual uphill which sounds bad but like it's actually really really good for running because you're when you're going uphill you're putting less force on your muscles each time uh you're like your foot is striking the ground i don't know it's just like the perfect route for a long run um and luckily enough my parents or some of my friends will come pick me up at the top and take me back down yeah boulder's amazing though but i, I think i gotta go with Colorado springs uh, very good um so what's your favorite workout that you've done, whether it's in college or in high school? That's tough. I think my favorite in terms of like where I see the most fitness gain is we do, we do a workout. We do 20 by 400 meters on uh, 60 seconds rest. We didn't do that quite as much this year, but we've done that a lot in the past. And I, I, I don't know, that's just a great workout where you have to ride that, that line of um, that aerobic, that lactate threshold for a pretty long time and um yeah that's definitely definitely one of my favorites awesome so um a lot of things that runners can have are uh, one of the problems they can have some injury problems uh what are three different exercises you do for injury prevention uh yeah yeah definitely injury prevention is a huge thing i think um i talked with some of the younger guys on the team and it's like the best way to get better is to just not get injured and just train consistently. I don't know. I think my, one of my favorite exercises is just like a tibialis raise. So just like putting a band around the forefoot and then just like lifting your feet up. I think that's been really helpful for like the development of that muscle group. And that, that muscle group's like really undertrained in runners. And that, I think it leads to a lot of like issues in the post tib. So that's probably one of my favorites. I really like, um, I have like a MOBO board. You guys have ever seen this, but like you just right. use it for balancing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just really helpful for me say calf raises um, calf raises are just like a really good exercise because I, I used to suffer with a lot of Achilles tendonitis my uh, my freshman and sophomore year and then just like doing some slow eccentric calf raises sometimes with a little cross ball between the ankles it's just really been helpful for preventing that pain yeah I love the I, I love doing calf raises it's something I like add to my routines Definitely recommend all runners doing some like calf work because strengthening those calves will just uh, make it not just help you prevent injury, but also it works some muscle groups that will help you run faster, especially in like the mile or shorter distance races. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I want to ask you about your uh, weekly mileage. Um, 
what is like an average week for you mile mileage wise and um how many workouts a week do you do you guys do on like a typical um season yeah um i'd say in like a big we had a big block of training this week this um this season where we did about seven or eight weeks at right around 100 miles a week a couple of those were like at 102 um, a couple of those are like 98. So I just say like about eight weeks at hundred miles or so, but breaking down like that week, we do a Tuesday workout, which is usually faster stuff on the track or hill stuff. Um, a Friday workout, which is usually like longer tempo efforts. We'll go to some parks out in West Denver, like Crown Hill or uh, places like that and do some, you know, like two by four mile tempo or, or like K thresholds, um, you know, more longer effort stuff. And then Sunday, we have a long run that is, um, we almost treat like a workout. It's more, it's kind of effort-based, but it's honestly, that's honestly one of my favorite runs of the week is just, mm-hmm. you know, getting out there doing 17, 18, 19 miles at um, close to like aerobic threshold and just kind of, you know, locking in for a pace. One thing I've done this season to really focus on that is trying to not stop during long runs, like at all, which is definitely hard. And it's, it's almost like a mental battle. It's like, okay. Like once I start this thing, I can't stop till I'm done, <laughs> mm-hmm. which obviously if like there was an emergency, I would stop, but just honestly giving myself that challenge has been really helpful in kind of developing my like mental resilience. Nice. What's the longest run you've ever done? Uh, I think I did, I did 19.2 at one point because I got, I miscalculated the distance or something. So I I've done 19 quite a few times, but I did 19.2 at one time kind of on accident. So I think that's still my longest that I've technically done. Yeah, I, I know what that's like, just like making a wrong turn in your uh, run. You're like, I was like wanting to go eight miles one day and I found myself almost going 10. Yeah, 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 it can happen. Which leads to my next question. What's a mistake you've made as a runner that you've learned that has helped you get to where you are right now? I think a big thing for me has been toning back workouts honestly I think um freshman sophomore even junior year a little bit I would just kind of honestly like try and push myself too hard on workouts and um and that would just lead to me not recovering well and that could lead to like training the next workout being suffering so I think the the main thing that I learned is like when you're in a workout you don't just want to think about that workout you want to think about the workout that's coming up in two days or so and then the workout that's coming up after that and you want to like, you want to push this workout and you want to hit the paces. You want to hit the the goals that coach has given you. Um, but coach has given you those goals for a reason because he's factoring in, okay, we're doing 20 by 400 on Tuesday, but on Friday, we need to be ready for this eight mile tempo. So we don't want to overclock the system on Tuesday and then have a bad workout on Friday and then the bad long run Sunday. And then that just kind of tends to spiral. And I think that's how a lot of runners get injured. They just kind of overdo it. Um, so just kind of balancing the effort, especially with like we were talking about previously, how long the season was, you know, you just got to keep that effort consistent. Um, you know, you don't want to peak too early. You don't want to push it too hard. So. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, throughout your, uh, your career, what's your favorite XC, XC course you've ever ran on? I really liked the, um, the conference course we had this year. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it wasn't like a particularly fast course. It was really the adjective I think I used to describe was like pinball-y. It was yeah. like, lots of turns you know you're you're turning a lot you're going up downhill up and down hills a lot uh it was kind of like you had to keep your wits about you the whole race which i kind of found interesting 
so I, I yeah, I really like that. And then another twist was it was at um it was in Durango, so it was at seventy two hundred feet. It was pretty brutal, honestly. I mean, Denver's pretty high, but we're only like fifty six hundred feet, so we're going up another fifteen hundred feet or so. And then you know that just really it made it hurt quite a bit, but it definitely helped me honestly because I was just ready for that that high altitude. What's your favorite indoor track you've ran on? Oh, it's definitely got to be Boston University. I ran there last year. I mean, it's just a it's crowd favorite. I mean, it just gets everyone fast times. You know, I had a really good race there, like I said, last last uh, February 13th or so. Came through 4K, and then I felt really good and then pushed it. And then me and uh, a guy named Josh Methner from North, Notre Dame kind of went at it. And he's just great. He was a great competitor, so it was a great race. Did you ever get to compete at a Pittsburgh State University's indoor track for nationals? Yeah, yeah, that's where indoor was this year for us. Yeah, so I did the 5K there and the 3K. That's a good facility. I just, um, I didn't quite meet my goals at that race. So yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of, it, it's it's a definitely a great facility. And I, I, I wish I'd run there more, but that, that was, that's good. That's actually, yeah, I have to think about that a little bit, but I think I'll go with BU for now. That's my, the Pitt State one, that's my personal favorite. I'll be racing a couple of those this year. Yeah. What's, what, what's your favorite outdoor track venue? Probably got to go with Grand Valley <laughs> just because of the, the title this spring. So that was great. I mean, what was interesting is our, our outdoor nationals, my sophomore year was also at Grand Valley. So like I'd had experience on that track. I'd run the 5k there and then coming back the next year, honestly, that helped me get more prepared, you know, cause I know, okay, where are we going to warm up? Where's the, like the bathrooms, like figuring out all that stuff the year prior was really helpful for my success the next year. Yeah, awesome. Um, any advice you would give to, to those that are chasing a dream? Yeah, I'd say bet on yourself. You know, if you, if you believe that something's possible, I think, I think the hardest part of any goal is self-belief, you know, it's just self-limiting doubts are just so powerful and, um, there's so, it's so easy to be your worst critic, you know, and just, um, you know, think about all the negatives, all the things that could go wrong. Um, but I think if you just, you know, you're reasonable, reasonable, and just kind of just trust yourself and find a good process. Like I found a great coach in, in Chris Seamers at Mines, you know, just trusting the process and working at it every day and just being consistent. I think that's the, the key to really achieve your, what may seem like far off goals. That's awesome. Love that advice. Yeah, Dylan, do you have um, anything to promote since you're on the podcast? I guess I'll go with the school. I mean, this school is amazing. I think I think um, a lot of kids who are, you know, I think running, it's kind of funny. It's running is almost like a bit of a nerd sport in, in high school. So mm -hmm. if you want to come to a place that has a bunch of runners who really like running, but also are good in the classroom and, and really like to learn and really like engineering and science and technology i think mine is just a great school unfortunately i don't i don't really have any brands i really like honey bunch of votes but you know <laughs> <laughs> would you consider yourself a nerd oh yeah oh yeah i mean i don't know if you can see but this is a over here is a periodic table let me see if you can, uh, yeah there you go <laughs> that's a periodic table up on the wall um i i mean i'm a chemical engineer uh that's my major so i think you have to be a little bit nerdy to to like this school but i mean it, it's not like i mean we obviously love, I mean, we, we love plenty of other things. We love sports. We love 
we love having a good time, but I think the culture of mind is definitely academically oriented first. And then once you do that, you get all these other things on top of that. And I think for me, the fundamental is, you know, the ice cream layer of the Sunday is, is the academics and then the whipped cream and the banana and the cherry is the running and the, the friends I've made. So. Um, Dylan, you know, we appreciate the time this evening. We've gotten a lot of cross country runners the last couple of months. So now you're just adding to the list of guys that are uh, really good at this sport. So we're really fortunate that you were able to come on and talk about your recent season and then your past couple seasons uh, in college. Yeah, thank you for having me. For those who are listening to our show for the first time, all our past and future episodes are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Sports Mecca.